Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden or boxes to check than a deeply personal connection with our Creator. We are also surrounded with messages that tell us that our value is in our ability to get things done, while at the same time saying that we as women shouldn't stand out or draw attention to ourselves. My name is Emily Lewis, and you're listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. For 26 years of my life, I felt like it was my responsibility to keep God happy by doing all the things. I was desperate to be good and to belong. So I exhausted myself by checking the boxes and squeezing myself into the expectations of what others and what I thought God wanted from me. But when I learned that God loves me unconditionally and with radical grace, that allowed me to let go of toxic relationships with the church and myself. Now, as a beloved daughter of God, a wife, a mom, a kids ministry pastor, a speaker, and a worthiness coach, I am confidently living the life that God meant for me. I'm here to help you overcome beliefs that are no longer serving you so that you too can live a well-rested life, ask for what you want, confidently expect to receive what you're worth, and have deep, authentic relationships with God, yourself, and others. When you are grounded in God's grace and own who he says you already are, it opens up the door for the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I'm Emily Lewis, and I'm so glad you're here, friend. Hey there, friend. Welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to this episode, and welcome to the first episode dropping on a Tuesday. Unless you remember way back when, towards the beginning of the podcast, when I used to drop the episodes on Tuesday, we're going back to that. And I'm so excited about it. I want to give you more time during the week to listen to the episodes because I know the weekend comes and then other things get in the way. And I want to get this into your podcast player a little bit earlier on Tuesdays. I didn't do Mondays because I still want to honor the people inside the Abundant Grace podcast community group with early access to the episodes. So you can still get those episodes on Mondays. If you're in that group, you can go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash community to get in on that. And then you'll see those links each Monday instead of waiting till Tuesday. Um, so anyway, you have the episode a day earlier than usual anyway, uh, which is awesome. And the life-giving episodes are going to come out on Thursdays now instead of Friday. So just moving things around, seeing how that works for you guys and works for my team and myself as well. Today, we're going to talk about rest though, and specifically busyness, margin, and the need for those things. Um, well, the need for margin, not the need for busyness. A friend of mine, well, actually... I can't just say a friend. I've had this conversation, I think three times now, and I don't know how to frame it at first. And then I was like, there's a better way to talk about busyness in our culture. We have an obsession with fullness in our schedules and busyness. And I'm going to give you some examples in my own life of time when I didn't think margin was okay. Or when I thought busyness was really important, or when we think busyness is non-negotiable. It's like something that just is, it just is part of our, part of our life. You know, this season is just busy, which yeah, there are 
seasons that are totally busy, but that doesn't mean that we have to glorify busy or settle for busy and running haphazardly. So the conversation that has been coming up for me is people asking like, how are you? How's it going? You know, and they expect the answer busy back. Um, it's just kind of like when we say, Hey, how are you? And we're like, Oh, we're good. And we go on with the rest of our day and we don't really get deeper. It's like that quick, short answer is, Oh, we're busy. Oh yeah. We're busy too. Oh yeah. We got this thing. Oh yeah. We got this thing. And it's just kind of in passing. So like no shade to using that, but I do want to push back on our use of that, um, for a few different reasons, because it doesn't offer us real authenticity with the people around us. It doesn't give us great opportunity for connection when we're just busy. Does that make sense? Um, so another reason that I don't prefer the word busy is because of how I've glorified busy in my life. And I never now want to make people feel like busy should be. I don't think busy necessarily has to be, but we kind of expect it from life. And if life is calm or peaceful, cause we're used to chaos, right? Or if it is calm and still, and we have space, we kind of feel guilty for it. Like we should be doing more. And there's different ways that I think we've been taught that specific message. I'll start by telling you an example from my teen years. I think I was, I don't know how old I was, but I was somewhere in my teen years and we had my sisters and I each got a little planner in our stocking every year. And I don't know, my dad probably just grabbed it as a stocking stuffer one year. And then it was something that we requested. We liked to keep track of things and appointments and letters we wrote or whatnot. And I remember one time my middle sister held up her planner and was like, man, look how full my month was with all of these things. And I did this and I did this and I did this. And in my arrogance, I was like, oh, my planner is full too, without all of the like extra stuff that you penciled into your calendar. Like mine is fuller than yours. Like I was literally bragging that my calendar was fuller than hers as if it was some kind of competition to have a busier schedule in life. But I think it's indicative. Of course, that was totally wrong of me. And I think it's indicative of the culture that we're in that glorifies packing our lives so full as if it is an award to have the fullest schedule, to be doing all of the things. And the way that busyness, I don't know if you can hear the clock outside of my office, um, just rang for the half hour, um, which is kind of fun. Anyway, the way that we talk about busy, I've tried to kind of push back against that. And I've done a really clumsy job of doing it because I've said this phrase, I don't believe in busy. And I've had people look at me like I was crazy because that is kind of a crazy statement. It doesn't really make sense. It's not very cohesive. And another person was like, excuse me, you don't believe in busy. You are busy. So rather than saying, I don't believe in busy, I don't believe in using the word busy because of how it can glorify the hustle. It can glorify packing our days full when maybe 
we should sit and drink our tea slowly or do one task at a time instead of 15 at a time. And we don't always have to be so stressed and so rushed through everything. We can be calm. We can take and rest and we can have entire days that are quote unquote unproductive. And we need those. We need a Sabbath. And we also need margin in our everyday life where this is something that I'm not good at, where I am book ending. That's not even the correct use of that word, but where the end of my days have bookends of rest and winding down rather than working up until late or reading for something I want to learn until late and then getting up in the morning and hitting my journal with what should I do today? Right? Like we need more margin in our everyday lives. The first time that I was really cognizant of how much I crammed in I don't remember what season of life it was in. I think it was pre-kids, but I was working and taking care of our house and I had some other responsibilities. We were definitely um, heavily involved in the church that we were attending there at the time also. And I remember being in my bedroom, getting a phone call from an authority figure in my life asking me if I could do a task and everything in me wanted to say, no, I can't do that this week. So there was some people pleasing involved and I looked at my planner and I saw a, like a two hour window on that Thursday where I could do it. So I said, yes. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed and exhausted. Just one of those exhaustions where you feel like you're on the verge of tears just because you're so tired and your body is like, please stop, please slow down. And in that moment, I still said yes to doing another thing and did not allow myself margin and space in my calendar to breathe, to just be, because there was a space I thought it was okay to fill it. Now, one of the places that I think this can come from other than our culture of just hustle and accepting that norm is from Ephesians 5. And that there's a verse in Ephesians 5. Let me look at what the name what the name of the verse <laughs> what the verse number is. Um, Ephesians 5:16 that says see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I'm going to read it out of um, another translation too. I'm going to read it out of the NIV. It says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And I'm going to read it out of the message version also. It says, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose those things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. And he continues on, of course, that's a bigger chunk than just um, the one verse. But that verse, redeeming the time, 
kind of felt like that meant that I should be filling my days as very full as I could get them because that was the only way to make the most out of the time that we have here. And that is important, right? Is important what we do with our time. The finite amount of time that we get to spend here on this earth, it's important what we do with it. But we have our priorities turned around if we think the most important thing that we are supposed to be filling our time with is doing. I'm going to say that again. We have our priorities turned around if we think the most important thing that we should be filling our time with is doing. There's so much more importance in belonging and being and just acknowledging God's presence around us in stillness rather than hurry and hustle and going here and going there and doing all of the things and being involved in all of the stuff. And it's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. I don't think I'm being overdramatic about it. It's sad that we are so rushed. And I always think it's the most tragic when we think God is the one that signed off on something that is not good for us. (laughs) You know, like God signed off on good things for us. So for us to think, that we have to be living this hairy, harried, scary. I don't even know. Is that right? Is that the right saying? Um, but if we're living this fast paced lifestyle and we think that's how God wants us to be redeeming the time, I think it's tragic because God wants us to be with him. He didn't come to do for you just to do for you. Jesus came so that we could have good relationship with God so that he could point the way forward for us in doing yes, but in belonging so much of the tests and trials that we see Jesus go through. He leaned on who he was and whose he was more than what he could accomplish. Like he didn't even accomplish everything that I think he technically, he quote unquote could have if he didn't go apart and rest. He might've been able to accomplish quote unquote more, but at what cost? At the cost of communion with the father, at the cost of physical rest, because we don't have to make everything spiritual, right? There's definitely a need for physical rest. Our bodies are weak. And that is something that is a gift to remind us of our humanity. Like we don't, have it all together. And we don't have to have it all together. And we don't have to be doing all the things that is not what redeeming the time is about. So let go of the pressure that you have to be productive all of the time, or everything has to be more and bigger and better. You're allowed to rest. You're allowed for margin and maybe recognize the times that you're using the word busy Oh yeah, we're just busy. Oh yeah, this or that. Like just just recognize it. Not with shame. There's no shame. But just recognize it. Notice it. What is going on inside of you when you use that word? What is happening in the culture around you? Like why would you pick that word? What would make that the most 
socially acceptable word to use. Just be aware of why you're going back to that word busy. As we approach the Easter season, when I'm recording this, this will come out right after Easter, but this time three years ago, my body can feel it that we were in COVID lockdown. And here in Montana, we didn't have a really long extended lockdown. It was still on and off for a few months, um, but not to the extremity that it was in other places. So maybe this is just my perspective, but I miss that time of pause. I miss the quiet moments with my kids without any obligations for a whole week or two or more. And our activities were so simple. And yeah, there was also a feeling in those first few weeks of community where nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what was happening, but it hadn't reached to the point of political division that it is now. And everybody was, I'm sure like people were panicking and trying to get together, get Easter plans together and churches were trying to iterate and do things. So it was a time of rush and trying to figure things out for different people. But for our family, it was just stillness. And I miss that. And I wonder how we can bring that more of that back into our lives. Like how can we make choices for ourselves and our family that aren't busy? Because even in our life, like my husband and I's life, like Bill has two jobs, two businesses. I have a business. We have four kids. Um, we are really involved in our local church and other things in life, just other life things. So our life is definitely full, but even with that, we get to choose the level of busy. We get to choose how many activities our kids are involved in. We get to choose how many times we um, go to, I don't know, go out of town. We get to choose how many times um, we leave the house or whether or not we go somewhere on our weekends, on our day off, right? And I need a reset back to calm and being more aware of the margin that we have. If you want to really do this in your life, practice Sabbath. Practice some form of Sabbath, whether it is 24 hours, 12 hours, four hours, two hours, um, an hour, like do something that is so restful and set aside that time, schedule it in, get it in there. Um, maybe each week you look at your week and set it in because your, your schedule may be all over the place. I totally get that. I don't like to be really, uh, boxed in by schedules too much, but it can be really valuable to set this in so that nothing else overtakes it. And when you approach Sabbath as a way to just rest and enter into God's rest, you can ask God, what does it look like to enter into your rest right now? And then be still and listen and see what is God saying back to you? Like, what is he inviting you into? Maybe he does invite you to quit something. Maybe he just invites you to just be and see what that does for you. When you're 
belonging and God's invitation for rest comes before your productivity. That's so vital for us. And the reason I say all of that is as you begin to practice Sabbath, the more you will see it impacting every other area of your life, the mentality of rest before productivity or worship before doing it seeps into one day and it seeps into the rest of your life. It's like a mindset. It's so powerful and incredibly beautiful for you to implement and experience in your life. Which one of these is your favorite takeaway? Which one of these is your favorite? Was it not saying busy and instead expounding on what's going on in your life and creating an opportunity for more connection and authenticity with a friend. Maybe it is just the idea that we don't always have to have a full schedule and maybe you can write it all out on a big sheet. Emily lay talks about this. Like she gets a big old piece of poster board or maybe one of those like tear off giant sticky note things and writes all of the things she's committed to doing currently and just starts hacking. (laughs) And it's not always that easy, but the more we practice this, the more we are willing to cut things out. Maybe it was a mindset shift around what God is asking us to do around productivity and rest. And we're allowed to have margin in our life. Maybe it's just the awareness of the word, the use of the word busy that will spark something as you go about your week and your month to make you more aware of the words that we're using because our words are powerful, right? And we can have a full life without being hustled and without feeling that frantic energy that comes with feeling like you always have more to do than there is daylight. We don't have to live like that. We don't have to accept that. That might be status quo, but it does not have to be our norm. We get to choose something different. And that is beautiful and so powerful when we have the opportunity to choose. And we take that agency back and say, wait a second, I'm making choices and I can make different ones. And we don't have to live this hustled and busy. Or you can say, man, We really like being on the go and we fit in margin in different ways. Like go for it, do what works for you and just be mindful of our obsession with busyness or productivity and allow yourself the space to fill your cup. Even if filling your cup is the busyness and the hustle and the grind, and it's like fun for a season, do that, fill your cup, but please don't let it just run out because of the status quo and accepting the way things are when maybe you could choose something different for your life. You are worthy of rest. This might be a worthiness thing. If you feel like you have to be productive all the time, it might point to how you don't feel worthy of God's love and care or other people's acceptance. If you did less, man, this is a trap that I fall into where I feel like I have to be doing and being a, you know, a presence or making waves and helping people and doing all the things in order to be valuable, but your belonging and your value is not tied to your productivity. So tuck that in your back pocket too. 
Thank you for hanging out with me. I hope you have a great rest of your day. If you want more truth spoken over you around your worthiness, around you not having to have it all together or do it all, grab my worthiness meditation, go to your relationship with forward slash meditation. I did this inside of a challenge and I'm offering it to you now for free that you can go grab and listen to and let the truth of God, God's words and the truth of who God says you are shape how you show up and how you take up space in this world. Go to your relationship with forward slash meditation. Thanks so much for listening to the abundant grace podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, or you heard a nugget that you needed, I invite you to share it with a friend who else relates and would be blessed by today's episode. And it would help me out so much. If you would leave a review for the abundant grace podcast, it makes a world of difference getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered to own their worth too. As always, I would love to hear from you. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, there is nothing you can do to add or take away from your worth. And there is nothing you can do that will make God love you more and nothing you have done that makes God love you any less.